If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. This is absolutely, excuse me, unbelievable. As I'm watching here, the Democrat caucus numbers still don't know what those are. Folks, (laughs) this to me is about as rich as it gets. We'll talk about this this morning. Also, also, I want to tell you that I have, uh, I, I want to dedicate uh, this program to Rush Limbaugh. Now, look, I want to say up front that Rush is um, a huge reason. Rush is the um, number number two reason. The first is that I feel called and equipped by God, if I can say that. The second is that I've been inspired by Rush Limbaugh and what he does. Uh, There's actually a couple of other folks who've inspired this program, Dave Ramsey, and uh, to some degree, someone that we interviewed uh, a little bit, maybe a year and a half ago, Lee Strobel, who's the author of The Case for Christ. But anyway, I want to talk about Rush. Now, Rush has been, for those of you that may not have heard yet, has been diagnosed with, as he described it, advanced lung cancer. He doesn't know what the treatment schedule is. He doesn't know how that's going to affect his time on air. Uh, And and he's obviously a fighter. I mean, outside of Donald J. Trump, uh, one man's ability to deal with (laughs) just an overwhelming amount of criticism and uh, hatred, candidly, is is remarkable. He he has an, a remarkable ability to do that, and so uh, by by dedicating this program to him, this is and please don't misunderstand that this is that there's some foregone uh, that he he's not able to defeat this because of course if anyone can, I believe that Rush can. I just think that you know the in the day to day series of events where we follow the narrative. We talk about politics. We try to make an impact. We try to educate, entertain, and energize conservative Christians and for those who do not adhere to the ideology to persuade them to do so. In the day-to-day effort of of doing that, sometimes uh, we don't take the time to maybe talk about things that aren't wrapped up in that and his announcement yesterday serves as a reminder to me 
as a reminder to me. And I've mentioned him in, in ways before on the program, but I've never uh, devoted uh, as much time as we will today to talking about him, his influence. Uh, I've taken, uh, we, we shared on Facebook last night and um, I asked some folks to maybe share their thoughts on on Rush, and we have truly the most overwhelming response I've ever gotten when asking for people to share their thoughts and comments about something. So I'll get to as many of those calls as we can. I seriously doubt that we can get to all of them, uh, but we will do our very best in our attempt to do so here this morning. By the way, welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can always email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, adoration, and praise. Adoration and praise I throw in there for for good measure in case someone's tuned in today that doesn't understand hyperbole, exaggeration, and so forth. This is all in good fun, but you can, of course, say nice things if you so desire. Um, Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com is where you can find me, Facebook.com. Good morning, Facebook, slash Todd Huff Show where we're streaming the program live and uh, on demand, so long as Facebook allows that. But before we get to uh, some some conversations on Rush and his impact and share some of the calls that we've gotten, I'll also say, I'll say right now, if you want to share your thoughts about Rush, his impact on you, what he's meant to you, um, I'll just say up front, if you've got something, uh, I don't know, hateful to say uh save it i had some self-righteous uh individual on facebook that uh finds it appropriate for certain comments about someone who just uh, express or just announces his diagnosis with cancer so we uh, you're just wasting your time and, and mine but if you have some things to share about rush even if you don't agree just don't don't make it it's it's inexcusable the way that some people uh, do that. Obviously, I'm only talking to a couple of people in this audience. The vast majority of you will keep it respectful, even if you disagree. That's part of what it means to be conservative, not bitter. So, that being said, you're still welcome to call the Huff Hotline 317-455-5250, 317-455-5250. And who knows, we might even play that during today's uh, program. It just takes a uh, – we, we just have a lot of folks – that have called in to share their thoughts and comments and well wishes for Rush. But before we get to that, my oh my, Iowa caucus, you've got to be kidding me. Kidding me. Here we are, the morning after. The morning after. I'm watching Fox News right now. Uh, I'm watching, they've got six uh, individuals up on the screen Biden, Pete, Bernie, Amy Klobuchar, my cousin Liz, and Andrew Yang. Addressing their crowds, this has to be video from last night, probably telling their crowds that they had won and had a great performance. But of course, no one can tell us that yet. I find this highly entertaining, highly entertaining that the Democrats have appeared to hack their own election. That's the best. (laughs) That's the best answer I have for this right now. The Democrats have hacked their own caucus late last night. One of those some DNC spokesperson came out and said that there were some irregularities during their that they found during their quality control process. To be honest, the first thing I thought of when I saw the words quality control was the last thing, the last thing that any radical leftist Democrat head of the Democrat Party is qualified to have control over. That is quality. 
They don't have quality candidates. They don't have quality ideas. It makes great sense that they don't have any quality control over their basic counts. So I find myself wondering if they've hacked the election yet again, which is, of course, juicy given their, uh, given their focus on Russian collusion and then Ukraine interference and Trump uh, launching a pressure campaign that was, of course, impeachable, impeachable, worthy of his removal from office. And if you don't agree with that, you're unworthy of being an American. Your understanding of the Constitution, as they would tell you, is totally, um, well, just completely lacking. And you're basically a, a fascist dictator, totalitarian, This, uh, according to the narrative anyway. So I wonder, have they hacked their own election? Is this another way for them to prevent Bernie Sanders from winning yet another Democrat primary? That's kind of what it seems like here. You know, the party, something else that strikes me about this, the party that wants to control everything in your life, literally everything, what you eat, what you drive, uh, what, you know, whether or not you can have a, a weapon, a gun to protect yourself and your family. You can't be trusted with that, obviously, because you're just going to get a gun and, I guess, go randomly killing people the way that the Democrats, the radical left, think about this. You can't have that. You can't have control over where your kids go to school. You can't have control about what you teach your kids about morality. How dare you if you teach them that marriage is between a man and a woman? Gasp. Oh, my goodness. If you do something like that. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. They want to control everything about your life, what you pay someone if you're an employer, um, you name it. They've got the answer. They've got the solution, what type of health care you should uh, provide to someone, whether or not that is your obligation. I mean, it just goes on down the list, what what you should believe and be able to say as a Christian, as a religious person. I mean, just PC thought, uh, the, the PC police with what you say, heck, probably what you think. In many, many instances, they want to control everything in your life. They can't even control their own caucus. How hard is this? I know that the radical left is not good at math. I understand that. I understand that they think everything is free. Nothing has a price tag. I get it. I get it. But how in the world can we be here? And now we're six. I'm going to, I normally don't do this. 613 is the time. Still no results from the Iowa caucus last night. There's 1,600, I want to say 1,679 precincts. We got zero results. We don't even have 1% reporting or 5% reporting. No, no, no. We've got 0%. We've got zero. No one has any idea what we've got here. And of course, if I was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter, which I'm not, of course, but if I was, I would be very concerned about what's really going on here. This, to me, would remind me of the Democrats' efforts to interfere with and steal an election from another candidate in their party back in 2016. That's what the whole superdelegate nonsense was about. That's what the whole – I mean, remember all the stuff that came out, CNN feeding questions. Remember Donna Brazile, Hillary getting the questions before debates, all this kind of stuff. I'd be worried that they were trying to steal the – election yet again it also has me wondering if hillary did hillary have a hand in this has she tried to hack this election maybe this is what was in those thirty thousand missing emails maybe it was maybe she was forwarding emails to herself in the future hey during the 
Iowa caucus of 2020. This is how you hack it, right? I learned a lot when I thought, Hillary writing to herself, when I thought that the server was secure in my bathroom closet. It didn't need a firewall because it had four walls and a locked door. No one knew where the server was. Ergo, it was safe. I guess that's Hillary Clinton may possibly have a have a hand in this as well. But, you know, I have to, as I was thinking about this yesterday, the Iowa caucus, I, the Rush Limbaugh news really uh, threw me and really kind of, I, I spent, actually, I didn't even, I spent a lot of time thinking about about that, the impact he's had on me, what I wanted to say today as it pertains to him. So I didn't think a lot about Iowa yesterday afternoon, early evening. Um, but I'll have to tell you this. When I thought about all the possible outcomes, Buttigieg winning, Sanders winning, Biden winning, my cousin Liz winning, someone else surprising us at the Iowa caucus, whatever, I did not think, I didn't consider this. And we should think about this when it comes to New Hampshire. We should think about this when it comes to Nevada, or as Trump tells us, the proper way to say that, Nevada. We should think about this when we go to South Carolina. That you know, there are more than certain outcomes. You might think the only outcomes are Bernie wins or Hillary, or not Hillary, thank goodness, but Bernie wins, Biden wins, um, my cousin Liz, whatever. You might think that those are the only possible outcomes, but you would be wrong because now one of the outcomes we have to work into the mix is they don't know the count. They don't know who the winner is because that's where we are now at 616. 616 and 21 seconds on Tuesday, February 4th. We still have no count from last night's Iowa caucus. How hard? How hard can this be? How hard can this be? So I didn't I didn't consider that a tie or not even a tie. It's not a tie. We don't even know. It's like if you tuned into the Super Bowl Tuesday night. You tuned into the Super Bowl, you flipped the game on, you expect the teams to be on the field, right? I mean, when kickoff time, 6.38 or whatever time it is, you expect there to be teams on the field in their uniforms ready to play. This is akin to the team not being on the field, to the team not being dressed and ready to go, to the uh, the referees or the, the ball boys for getting the football. That's what this is akin to. You don't think about these as options. You know, all the, all the options before the game was, will the Chiefs win? Or will the 49ers win? We didn't even consider that maybe someone would forget to bring the football to the game. Maybe someone would have forgotten to unlock the stadium. Maybe the stadium, uh, you know, just uh, maybe David Copperfield came and made the stadium disappear. I mean, there's there's so many other alternatives once you open up the possibility that the people involved are apparently inept, unqualified to even manage their own election. I mean, I, the sky's the limit as to what what's going on here. I think at a bare minimum, though, giving the Democrats incessant focus on foreign entities and their desire to interfere with elections, I think there needs to be an investigation. I think if they want to be consistent, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Maxine Waters, Chuck Schumer, fill in your favorite radical Democrat their name here. They need to be out there today calling for an investigation into this. Full congressional investigation because someone has obviously 
Someone has obviously called the Ukrainians or the Russians or somebody to hack this election. That's the only I mean, based upon the incessant focus on these things, this is the only alternative that or possibly that Hillary is somehow involved. These are the only two alternatives that I can come up with. Or, of course, if the Democrats are perhaps the maybe the most appealing option here. The Democrats are trying to find a way to steal the election from Bernie Sanders yet a second time as we move towards 2020. Anyway, I'll keep you posted here. Rest assured for the next, well, for those of you in Indianapolis, the next 41 minutes, I will keep you updated. For those that are listening in Utah, you'll hear the entire two hours, or you can catch the second hour of this program, which kicks off at 7 Eastern by going to toddfshow.com slash total access. It's only 25 bucks for the year. You get uh, the second hour uh, of the program every day, live or on demand. It's the only way to hear it other than uh, the radio stations where we broadcast. But I have to take a break. A little bit long in this segment. When we get back, I want to spend time talking about Rush Limbaugh. I want to spend time sharing some of your thoughts, comments from those of you that have called I want to share that with you, Um, and I appreciate uh, the overwhelming response, candidly, that we've gotten as it pertains to to Rush Limbaugh. And if if you are listening now and you want to call in and leave your thoughts, we'll do our best to get to it. You can call the Huff Hotline and share your thoughts about Rush, what he might have meant to you, what he's taught you, what he's meant for this country, the impact he's had on your life. And you can even call if if you don't like him, if you hate him. Just don't be pathetic in the way that you, uh, <laughs> the way that you express your hate. And I know that ninety nine point nine nine percent of you won't. I just read some ca- comment from some uh, some individual today on Facebook that I might share at some point. But anyway, that being said, it is time to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. If I didn't mention the phone number three one seven four five five. 5250. That's the Huff Hotline. You won't be getting on live, but you can leave your your thoughts on our our hotline system there. 317-455-5250. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Talking with Oz here about behind the scenes about a couple of things. Anyway, um, I want to talk now about uh, about Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Yesterday announcing on his program that he has, as he put it, advanced lung cancer. He said that he had considered not sharing this information with his audience, with his listeners, um, because uh, for for a couple of reasons, and, and you know, I, I know some people don't see it this way at all, but Rush says, I don't want to make the program about me, right? That's what Rush does. Some people think you got to be kidding. But Rush, Rush uses his personality to make the show about what the show is about. It's not about Rush. It's not about an endless series of personal things about Rush Limbaugh. In fact, there's a lot of things that listeners have – no little idea about unless they listen over time and they piece some things together uh, about the type of person he is, the things that he does, the things that he does and never tells anybody about. But anyway, um, 
he decided that he wanted to tell the listener because the listening audience, because after all, um, they were going to eventually find out. They were going to eventually be asking questions: Why is Rush not in? Why is he missing all this time? Um, and he says that that is uh, because I'm going to be undergoing treatments. I'm going to be, as he put it, dealing with recovering from treatments and so forth. And so he told his audience. Now he didn't really give a lot of a lot of details, so we don't we don't know. And again, this is not. This is not something that's in memoriam or anything like that. Is uh, Rush is? I pray that he is able to defeat this. I pray that he's able to uh, defeat this cancer. Uh, but he said it is advanced. We don't know the details again, but we do know uh, that he is seeking to to be treated and uh, to hopefully eradicate this absolutely horrible uh, disease. And so. He decided to tell people because eventually they were going to find out. And as he said, then people would be saying, why are you trying to keep that a secret from us? Because, you know, we're going to find out anyway. So Rush told folks. So it's it's in that light. Or it, it's at moments like this uh, when you stop and pause. So that's really what this day is about. This is not, again, this is not something in memoriam. This is not something that's meant to be interpreted as something that Rush cannot overcome or defeat. This is meant to set. This is meant to be uh, a response to circumstances. Circumstances we oftentimes uh, don't notice because we're busy doing our jobs, and there's nothing wrong with doing our jobs. But sometimes, sometimes we don't say and show appreciation and gratitude. And you can relate to this in your personal life. You get uh, you get busy. You have good intentions, and then the next thing you know, you've not expressed something to someone that you care deeply about or whatever the case may be. We've all, I think, been there in in one way one way or another. So this just serves as a bit of a, of a, of a wake-up call because the influence – you may not see it. Maybe you do. I don't know. But the influence that Rush Limbaugh has had on me in this program is off the charts. I started listening to Rush in the – uh, spring of 1999. You may remember I've mentioned on here before that I, and Oz is telling me it's time to break, uh, take a break here. But you may remember that I have, have shared stories about um, <laughs> an experience at American University. I was part of a semester exchange program uh, in America at American University in Washington D.C. That was in the spring of 1999. I had yet to be introduced to Rush. I had heard of him. I might have heard a clip or two, but I didn't listen. I was at that time, I think I just turned 21 um, in December of, of 2000. And so that's not right. In, in December of 98, that seems to make more sense. <laughs> December of 98, I just turned 21. I hadn't been familiar uh, familiarized with, with Rush Limbaugh. Um, again, I was raised, my dad is a union Democrat, so um, he didn't listen to Rush. He might have heard Rush, but I mean he didn't listen daily or introduce that to me or that sort of thing. Didn't agree with it, which again, fine, whatever. But um, so it was after returning home from that experience in Washington, D.C., where I was the lone conservative voice in the classroom. And it was me versus the class every day, which again, I loved. It was a great way to... Learn how to defend your conservative beliefs, know what you believe, 
and, and learn how to articulate ideas, defend. I'll never forget the time that one of my classmates on the way to lunch stopped and said, Todd, you just have so much common sense. And to that I said, Chris, then why aren't you standing up and agreeing with me in the classroom? It's one thing to tell me that uh, kind of over in the corner on the way to lunch. It's another thing to stand up and say, you know what, Todd's right. Todd's right on this particular – and forget about me being right or just what what's being said there is accurate and true. And so anyway, um, I was introduced to Rush in the spring of – the summer, I'd say May of 1999. Uh, I would moved on to a uh, – I was l- living on a standard bred horse farm out in a little town called Hall, Indiana, a big 200-acre horse farm, and – my job was to take care of that farm, and I started listening to Rush as I was working through the day. In fact, I actually changed the daily routine or at least worked my daily routine around when I could listen to Rush, which at the time was 1 to 4 Monday through Friday. It took me a little while to realize that that was on a one-hour delay. was not happy about that when I figured that out, something about uh, having to listen to Rush on an hour delay. Not that I think I've called a couple of times, but not that I even called really. It was just the idea that if I wanted to, whatever, I couldn't, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so that's when I first got introduced to Rush. So I want to share – yes, Oz is reminding me it's time to take a break. But So I'm going to do that, and when we get back after the break, I want to share a little bit about the impact, what he has meant to me, how he has influenced this program. And then as the program comes together, I want to share – Uh, some of your calls. And again, I have been overwhelmed candidly by the amount of response for those of you that have called the Huff Hotline. And you can still do that to share your thoughts on Rush, what he's meant to you, what you've learned from him, uh, what you think about him. 317-455-5250 is that number. 317-455-5250. So that being said, I have to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. Just realized that we didn't have we didn't have the lights on in the studio for the Facebook feed. We have lights on in the studio but we have other lights that we turn on here and they were not turned on so uh, my face for radio might have even looked worse or maybe better maybe there's enough shadow anyway i want to share a few more thoughts i I got a lot to say about about rush but before the break i kind of got to the point where um, i had moved on to this horse farm i'd been working um out managing that farm this was again actually before my my senior year of, of college. So I was uh, taking classes, playing football, and working on the farm, managing the, the farm. And that's where I was introduced to, to Rush. I had uh, someone in my life that uh, introduced me to the program, and I started listening. And, um, you know, it, it, I guess it took a while to understand. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. I, I listened to the criticism of Rush Limbaugh, and most of it is simply – I think misunderstanding. They don't understand what Rush does. They don't understand his uh, sarcasm, parody, uh, the the drama. They don't understand that when Rush 
does the things that he does. It's usually in response or it's usually done to uh, – what do I want to say? Like uh, magnify, I guess, magnify something usually some leftist has said and done. One example would be uh, Paul Shanklin who does parodies on Rush. Uh, well, Rush plays his parodies anyway. Had done a parody, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about Barack Obama back in I want to say 2000. It was before the, I think it was before the first election. I'm, actually, I'm certain of it. But before the 2008 election, sometime in there, they did a parody um, called. They called it. This is. I'm just telling you what it's called. Barack, the Magic Negro. Now, I want to pause because you people hear that and they think that that's Rush. Um, you know, being racist or whatever. But the reason that they did it was because there was a piece in the Los Angeles Times, a very serious piece, right? A very serious piece. In fact, I pulled that piece up as I was thinking about these different ways that Rush is is, is misunderstood. Um, and I read it. I think it was from 2007. And it's the Los Angeles Times. Maybe I'll post it to Facebook if I can find it here. I had so many... So many things I've pulled up. Um, it's going to take me a moment. But anyway, it was written in the Los Angeles Times. And so the parody was really designed to expose the silliness that some of these radical leftists um, write about, talk about, things that they – here it is. Here it is. I'm looking at it. David – Ehrenstein, Ehrenstein, E-H-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, March 19th, 2007. Headline, Obama the Magic Negro, Los Angeles Times. I'm not going to read this stupid thing. But the parody wasn't that Rush was making fun of Obama for being uh, black. The parody was to demonstrate the, the double standard and the sometimes stupidity that we see in the media, it's okay for the Los Angeles Times to do this, but Rush, Rush does it, and it's suddenly. In fact, I've seen I've seen references to this since his diagnosis. And by the way, there's people out there cheering, cheering for Rush to to succumb to his cancer. I mean, it's it's reprehensible stuff, folks. That actually says a lot more about their character than it does about the character of Rush Limbaugh. I don't care what Rush has said and done for. Uh, dramatic effect for political point. One thing I can guarantee you is that he would never dance on the uh, cancer diagnosis. He wouldn't consider that a celebratory event and to mock someone who's fighting this deadly disease. That's reprehensible. That's inexcusable. That is absolutely pathetic. You can disagree with him. You can challenge some of the things. You can say, I don't know what I think about this or that. And, you know, or he says things that I wouldn't say or says, says them in ways I wouldn't say them. Okay, fine. Understand that. Get that. Relate to that to some degree, whatever. But to actually dance, celebrate on the news of his diagnosis, it's quite a reprehensible thing. And there's a lot of that, unfortunately, going on. So, again, I'd hope to... Uh, Hope to get to some of the calls by now. I just have so much to, to say about this. He's such an influential figure in my life, and it's really um, – it's it's bothered me to 
as I've, as I've thought about this, <clears throat> what he's going through, um, it's, it's just, um, I'm still processing this, I guess. So anyway, I want to get to your calls. I have lots more to say about this. Um, again, dedicating this program to rush. This is not, not at all meant to be interpreted as something that's done in memoriam of rush. This is actually just to take the time, uh, to make sure that we recognize his impact his greatness at what he does. He's made he's made what I do and others that that take up this craft possible. Everyone else, I've said this, I've said this before, everyone else is playing for second place. He's a master of his craft. He is brilliant. He is inspirational. He is uh, there's no one else like him. Truly not. And so so many other things to say, but I've got to take a timeout. Get to some of your calls here after the break and, and share some more thoughts and uh, just just the impact that he's had on this program, on me personally, and on this nation. So I've got to take a time out, though. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd F. By the way, still waiting here, 6.43 a.m. Eastern Time. Still no word, still no word from the Democrats regarding who has won uh, the Iowa caucus. Again, I knew they were bad at math, but I had no idea that they were this bad. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I told you here that I'm going to play some of your, uh, share some of the calls I've received, which again, I have been if I'm being candid, um, really overwhelmed by the phone calls. Um, we've gotten lots. This is by far the most um, calls that we've gotten on any single issue, on any, any single issue. And so I want to share a couple of these, time, uh, time permitting. I cannot get to all of them. We will go and share some of these in the next uh, the next hour as well. But as we're still waiting here for the Democrats to figure out how to tabulate and calculate their Iowa caucus numbers, still no word on that, 648 a.m. Um, I'm not sure when they're going to do that. I don't know if it's a Russia hack, if it's an inside job where they've hacked their own election, trying to prevent Bernie from, from winning yet again. Don't know, but it's really, you know, it's really basic math. Anyway. I want to share a couple of these um, this hour as we get to the end of um, the program here. But this is some of some of your your tributes, I guess, uh, to what Rush has meant, a celebration or just an acknowledgement of of what he's meant to you as a person, um, what he's taught you, how he's impacted your life. Um, here is one of our callers that I'd like to share. Um, Briefly, we'll let him share what he thinks about Rush. Hi, Todd. I started listening to Rush back in 91 during the Gulf War. My uncle was talking about him one day, and so my dad started listening to him any time we were near a radio. What first caught my attention back then at the age of 13 was the cool bumper music and the parodies he would play by Paul Shanklin. During the Clinton years, I was always interested in what Rush had to say about the state of our country and what needed to happen next. He was always and has been fair and will call people out, Republican or Democrat, if he feels they are just flat-out wrong. I've always respected the way he handles criticism, and he gets plenty. 
Although I may not necessarily agree with how he may say certain things, I do tend to agree with him 90% of the time. Rush has played a huge role in my life these past 29 years, and I've been listening and will continue to do so. We don't know what God has in store for his life right now, but I will certainly be uplifting him in prayer. Thank you. Thank you, John, for sharing that. You know, this uh, this is... That call is a microcosm, I would say, of of the other calls um, that we had received about Rush. And again, we'll share as much as we can as, as possible. But John's right. Rush does. Rush does, has for some time, criticized both times. People, people often say, you know, they, they act as though Rush is just a Republican. And Rush is. A Republican, but Rush is a conservative, folks. Rush is not out there. He's he's been hard on the Republicans. In fact, there's Rush has shared, shared stories about that. I mean, there's there's certainly people that didn't like the things Rush was saying about them, and they were Republican. Now, granted, granted, when you have um, a platform and a worldview that's as I guess off the chart. And as uh, illogical or as convoluted as the modern radical leftist worldview is, that's found itself, that's found its way in the the, in the Democratic uh, Party platform. Then obviously he's going to disagree with virtually everything that's being said there, because that worldview and ideology is so uh, broken, uh, just a mess. So that's obviously going to be a problem, but that doesn't mean that Republicans are off the hook either. Republicans have contributed to some of the problems, many of the problems. You look at spending, Republicans haven't reined that in either. So there's lots of there's lots of blame to go around, and Rush uh, oftentimes had to stand in and point the finger and point out some of the problems and fallacies of the Republican Party as well. So Anyway, John, thanks for sharing that. i got lots of others to share as well, but I've got to take a time out here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Still waiting, by the way, on the Democrats to tabulate and calculate their caucus totals. I don't know if we need to send them a batch of calculators or what here. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they need to do tally marks, pencils and paper. I'm not sure, but we're waiting, waiting eagerly. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Still eagerly holding our breaths here, waiting to see which Democrat is going to be crowned the winner of the Iowa caucus. They have no idea. They have absolutely no idea what's going on. Somebody might. Somebody might have an idea. Excuse me here. Someone might have an idea, uh, but maybe they don't like the result. Maybe Bernie is going to get too many many delegates here. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's been hacked. I don't know. But the Iowa caucus, excuse me. The Iowa caucus here is – we're still waiting on this. So anyway, um, we're getting to the end of the first hour here. I'm going to continue to play some of these calls, talk about <clears throat> Rush, talk a little bit more about Iowa caucus. Also tonight, State of the Union address, talk about that time permitting as well as we get into the second hour. If you um, can't listen to the second hour on radio, fear not. You can subscribe by going to ToddHuffShow.com 
slash total access where you can pick up the second hour right now. Guys, thanks for listening. See you soon. Take care.